Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, I was going through my bookcase recently and came across a book that had been sitting there for about four years. I do have a habit of that, buying books and letting them sit on my shelf for years before I actually read them. And I'd never read this book, and so I began. And I loved it so much, I really wanted to share it with you all. I love books, ideas, and documentaries and articles that make us look at our life in a different way so that we may ultimately live a more peaceful and joyful life. Now, the book is called The Four Agreements. A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom, which is by the authors Don Miguel Ruiz and Janet Mills. Now, I found it an easy read with four practical guiding principles we can choose to live by. And so I thought today I would talk through that book with my mindfulness guru, Michelle Tharap, and she's here right now. So we're going to talk about those four concepts with you and Miss Charlotta has just shared with me that she doesn't necessarily agree with them all so this is going to be an interesting conversation hello my friend hello darling (laughs) and I do love that you suggested this one because it makes me think and of course that's good Yes, and you are a thinker. Yes, that's why you're my mind- times. Yes, but- <clears throat> that's why you're my mindfulness guru. Oh, you think you. you ponder. <laughs> yes, I do ponder. Ponder things. Yes, and get wise. Hmm. So, for those of you who have not heard of Charlotte, and if you've never heard of her, you haven't been listening to my podcast very long because she's been on four episodes now. But I first met Charlotte about nine years ago at a mindfulness workshop that I was attending and she did a one hour session and I was absolutely hooked on mindfulness and her. (laughs) She's my go-to person. If ever I need to talk stuff out, I'm feeling stressed or anxious or triggered actually. Got some triggers and Charlotte helps me work through those. She's, She's a marvel. So Charlotta owns or runs the Mindfulness Clinic, Mm -hmm. which was created to help people find their own peaceful path to living. And she is the lecturer or part of the foundation of the Mindful Leadership at the University of Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a casual academic offering the Mindful Leadership within the Executive MBA. And she's also travelled the world speaking at numerous international conferences on Mindfulness Leadership and happy awareness. Although you haven't been doing that the last year no, or two. All around Lambton. <laughs> with the COVID. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, and while I said all of that, is that Charlotte is incredibly wise, incredibly qualified, mm-hmm. and that's why she's my mindfulness guru. <laughs> Thank you. You're building me up, girl. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on the never ending journey of trying to figure out my life, this crazy life and world, so that we can do it as best we can. And really, to find more peace and happiness. And and I think that's what we all kind of want at the end of the day. I think so, that contentment. And I think we tend to take the big detour. You know, we think that if, we, if all of this and this and this is done, then I'll get it. Whereas actually it's available to us right now. And it's just that we keep forgetting. We do keep forgetting. I forget mm. that all the time. That's why I keep going to books and Netflix documentaries <laughs> to try and remember. It's simple. Yes, we think we have to add to ourselves in order to find it. But it is within us. That's why no one else can transform us, right? We can do it ourselves and we can have catalysts for it. Yeah. But it is within us. Yes. The inner journey. Yeah. So the four agreements. 
The Four Agreements offers a code of conduct based on ancient Toltec wisdom that advocates freedom from self-limiting beliefs that may cause our suffering and limitation in a person's life. And so the author, Ruiz and Janet Mills, have come up with these four agreements that are built on awareness, transformation, and intent. These four paths to personal freedom involve a reprioritizing of our personal values so that we can make use of inner energy to cherish our center, learn from mistakes, and live creatively. Now, we'll go through each of the four agreements one by one. The first one is be impeccable with your word. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. The third one is don't make assumptions. And the fourth agreement is always do your best. Now, we're going to pull those apart one by one. So the author is is saying that if we follow these four agreements, that we will live a more happy, calm, joyful, free life. Before we go into it, Miss Charlotta, what are your overall thoughts of the book? I love the beginning and I love the end. So I love his premise. And I think, you know, that whole thing of awareness and transformation and intent, it's kind of the same as Meister Eckhart said, you know, a 12th century uh, philosopher, feminist and accountant. Um, He said, you know, let be, let go, let in. Um, So there's kind of, there's a lot of similarities in what he offers um, that are offered through Buddhism, through Christianity, through many other, particularly in the first part and, and then in the last um, couple of chapters, where he kind of sets the scene, doesn't he? Saying we get in our own way of happiness. You know, we download this program of how we think we should be that is culturally specific and family specific. And then for the rest of our lives, we relive that and sit in relation to that and judge ourselves for not living up to it, etc. And that's what he calls, and I think that's a really lovely terminology, that smoky haze of reality. You know, that we don't see things as they are. We see the program that has been downloaded and we see through that Um, absolutely I can still hear the voice of my parents at the dining table when I was a little kid Mm -hmm. eat with your mouth closed all the Jacksons will be over they can hear you (laughs) (laughs) right and there's some of the kind of innocent things right but then we have much deeper thing I mean all the ones that sit around gender you know that women we should be so nice and how limiting that is and you know and now we're being told we should be more confident and speak up more rather than going well perhaps actually you know I was reading an article that was saying it's probably the overconfidence of men that's actually the problem when it comes to leadership right but we often told something and then we all believe it we all run that direction as a truth the same thing with you know um, I have a real thing about the overdoing of positive psychology for the to the detriment kind of of our well-being I think at times this addiction to this feeling that we should be nice so that we say things and we're kind of living in disconnect because we think we should be happy so there's all that that we we're constantly sitting in relation to rather than being free uh which is his terminology right being free to be little humans which doesn't exist right because um you know already a a two-year-old knows all the cultural loadings to what a woman to a mother to all of those what that means yes so you know one can argue it doesn't exist but we are brought in with that pattern and then our life journey is kind of to start to undo it a little so we can see through our prison uh, wall well and i think that's why we gravitate well i maybe not everybody but i know i do is gravitate towards those self-help books and programs and documentaries and things 
because we're trying to undo yes. what, was, what was taught to us when we were young from society, teachers, parents, yes. school. And our own yeah. anxiety, right? Yeah. That has dialed it up to, to, so, that, so that everything's kind of shaped around, don't ever repeat that, that's really dangerous. And, and then we you know, cultivate and we stimulate the inner critic and shame and all of those so that we live really sort of tangled, isn't yeah. it, in our own murky cell if you like prison cell yeah want to save your soul review us on apple podcast okay so let's look at the first agreement the first agreement is be impeccable with your word and i'm just going to call him don because i'm not sure if i'm saying ruiz properly on the top but he says speak with integrity say only what you mean avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others, use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. That sounds like a really nice ideal. (coughs) (laughs) And I was telling my sister last night, okay, we were watching maths at the time, which is probably not the most spiritually enlightened program. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's not at all, but we're sitting there together sharing a little glass of wine. And, um, I've started telling her about the four agreements Mm -hmm. and I told her, I just said the first agreement is being impeccable with your word. And she went, Oh, I love that. Imagine if we were all like that. And I said, yeah, but I've been trying to do that for the last four days. And it's really hard. It's really hard to Mm be, I mean, it's a great ideal to have Mm -hmm. is that, you know, the power of the spoken word can have such impact. And so, you know, and and the, the author talks about that. He mm. says that, you know, the greatest, most powerful gift that we have is the words that we speak can either have a, a, a big positive impact or a negative impact. So I've been thinking about that and looking at myself and I'm like, it's actually really hard to speak with love and light and truth all the time. Yeah. This is where I think I personally have a problem with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because, first of all, if I just speak kind and my truth all the time, it doesn't secure me freedom and peace. I mean, like I think I shared with you yesterday, today, I woke up and I was just feeling anxious. I could just feel it in the body. So I did my practice, but I was having a very important phone call today. And that's what it was. Now, I hadn't said anything bad to anybody, anything divisive at all. And yet I still felt the anxiety. So in other words, that doesn't, it doesn't just actually mean that if I just have impeccable words, then there's freedom. It doesn't work like that. And also there's something that comes before words. I think there's a lot more to say. So in Buddhism, of course, we talk about right view. So understanding things the way they are and then that the there's kind of more um, that comes before the wording. In other words, you know, that I'm responsible for my mind state, if you like, that if I haven't slept, I even mean, if I'm really anxious, if I've eaten or drunk too much, then it'll be impossible for me to manage my words, right? So that means, in other words, there's something that comes before that, which I would say, so the first thing before that would be self-responsibility in managing the basic kind of context of the body to making sure that it gets enough good sleep, enough exercise, good food, and some mindfulness training so that my context, the tools that I have to work with, if you like, is likely to express healthier in a healthier way. So that would come before that. Otherwise, we're setting ourselves up for failure. There is no freaking way we can do that. And it'll never be perfect. And that's the other thing I have a challenge, like kind of a problem with. Because I think the learning is when we fail in a way, right? When we do say something, we go, shit, I shouldn't have said that. 
Like I probably shouldn't say shit now, right? That's probably, right. <laughs> it's okay. You know what I mean, but you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, absolutely. And do you know what? I found myself again because I reread the book while I was in Byron Bay last week, just to familiarize myself before we had, we recorded this episode. And so I was like, right, I'm going to be totally impeccable with my word. <laughs> And then I'm talking to my husband about something and I can't remember. I can't even recall the instance now, but yes. I started finding myself going, yeah, that was really crap. I didn't like that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there you go. Big red cross. I was not impeccable with my word. Right. You know, and right. and so it's funny. The whole point of this is to not have self-judgment, but I went into total self-judgment yeah, yeah. because I was like, oh God, I shouldn't have said that. Right. You know, that was not cool. And then I was talking to my sister last night and I was telling her about something and I was like, Oh, I did it again. I wasn't impeccable with my word. Bam, bam. Yes. Self-judgment. Yes. Yeah. And that also, it's not that straightforward, I don't think. Because, you know, he says to always speak the truth, but sometimes the truth is not necessarily delicious. Mm. Right? So I think, uh, you know, I suppose I like the term that, you know, we should aim not to be divisive. I think that's it. For me, that really works well. So it means I can say, oh, I don't really like that yogurt right? I can say that. Uh, I'd rather have the coconut one or whatever. whoop de freaking do No yeah. big deal, right? Yeah. To me, that's just, you know, kind of differentiation. And of course, I can say that. That doesn't hurt anybody, right? But if I say, this person is such a freaking idiot, la 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 or do you know what she did to me? Dee, 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 dee. Yeah. That's unwholesome, right? Because it's divisive. And it's a simple way. It's not acting with wisdom, because it's actually just kind of getting caught up in a certain way of seeing one human that misses many other points. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. So I'm an extrovert in case you... <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Surprise, surprise. In case you haven't noticed, I'm an extrovert. And so as an extrovert, if you're an extrovert and you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about, is I process things, my thoughts by speaking Mm. out loud to people. I wish I was more introverted because introverts process internally. Mm. They're not as much risk of sounding like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Or saying divisive things. Or saying divisive things. Unless they've stewed on it for a long time. (laughs) Yes. Then then they're ready to fire. But um, yeah, so I process things and thoughts by speaking out loud. Yes. And speaking to people, but sometimes I go, you know, we talk about being impeccable with your word and I'm like, well, if I'm feeling upset or angry about something and I want to process that, you know, the words I'm going to say are not going to be that great, possibly. And that's why you have to be careful who I actually process with. It has to be a trusted friend. Yes. Who understands that. Yes. And I have a couple, thank goodness, that will listen. Mm. Um, and also processing is not always negative, just want to say. Sometimes it's actually good stuff. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I, 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 that's how, and once I have processed, I'm kind of done. But isn't it about how you frame it? So it's a bit like you going, I'm just going to share what's actually happening internally. I don't want to act this out and I need help to see it in a healthier way. If you framed it like that, you can kind of spill what's happening, but you're not identified with what's happening, yeah. right? And you want you want to find a bit different way. You don't want them to go, I know she's so horrible, bro. You don't want that, right? You really want them to say, darling, okay, so I wonder what's been triggered for you. Yeah. What is this really about? What is she potentially teaching? You know, What is she bringing up in you? That's how we want to hold it. And then it's different, right? Yeah. And I know that quite often I will say 
Am I thinking the right way about this? <laughs> this is what's going on for me. Am I thinking the right way about right. this? And I actually want the truth. I want that yes. person. We need that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, because we all get lost in our own kind of, you know, dark alleyways. Like the monkey mind chatter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So extroverts, yeah. you're with me on this. I know I know what it's like. You need to find, <laughs> you need to brace this out loud. But yeah, yeah, I find that. So I've been thinking about that, how to be impeccable with my word but still be able to process if, if something's upsetting me. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think there is absolutely nothing wrong with that agreement in that it's it's fine to, it's great to aspire to speak with kindness, with clarity and when appropriate and at times hold our tongue and, and be really aware of our words. But I don't think it's the solution, yeah. if you like, right? But it's a good thing to hone in on. It's also interesting, I think, to be aware of how much easier it is to say horrible things when we are charged, when we are tired, etc. And so there comes back to that point before saying, so therefore, wow, do I need to make sure I, I watch out when I'm really tired and then I get enough sleep and I have eaten, etc. right? Yeah. And perhaps if a lot of problems arise out of, you know, a drunken mood, well, watch, watch what, you know, yeah, yeah, how yeah. much alcohol I consume, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to share a little bit. I was out for dinner the other night with my sister and I was very tired. I had my period. Mm. Um, so I hadn't slept the night before. I had really bad cramps. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the body was ready to give rise to a lot of uh, and, and we were having a lovely dinner. At the end of the dinner, she tried to give me some money for the dinner. And I kind of was like, no, and pushed it away. And, right. and I must have given her a horrible look or something. And she was upset about that. Mm-hmm. And I reflected on it later and I was like, it actually wasn't anything personal against her. I just, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was really hot. We were sitting at an outside restaurant. I was mm-hmm. sweating, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. exhausted, mm-hmm. cramps. Mm-hmm. And there was no intent there, but she was really quite upset about that. And I was like, yeah, okay. How could I have done that differently? I didn't mean to hurt a feeling. No, and then because isn't there also that thing of going, it doesn't make you a terrible person. And at times we will slip up. I also slip up. Mm. Absolutely. And I think sometimes the best thing we just go, I'm really sorry. I, I so didn't mean that. I, it was just, you know, was I mood, etc. you know, because, and that should be an integral part of it. Yeah. Right. And I suppose if we see it as that, go, be aware of your words. Um, and, and so in that way it works, doesn't it? Go, yeah, be aware, tune in and apologize when you have to. Yeah. And, there, and there's that old saying, isn't that lovely one that says that, you know, when you're speaking about somebody, make sure that anybody could be listening. And, and would it still be okay? That's kind of a really good test. And I like what you said before about instead of going, being pickable with your word, it might be, okay, don't be divisive. Mm. I don't know how you put that positively. Be undivisive with your words. Would be totally inclusive, inclusive. and be wise, right? Yeah. But I think devices, you, you know, you listen to all the crazy people in the world, you know, like Hitler, for instance, they were extremely divisive. They're always indicators of unhealthy ways of being. Yeah. So let's move on to the second agreement. Now, the author says that the first agreement is kind of the big agreement. If you get this right, then you're going to help you get through the other three. And Charlotte is pulling faces at me now. So I think she's going to have something to say about that. But the second agreement that Ruiz says that we should live by is don't take anything personally. And he says that nothing other people do is because of you. What others say and do as a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Mm. And that's all true, but it's impossible. 
It's bloody hard. Yeah. But, so it's <laughs> absolutely true that everyone's just on their own life trajectory and actually we all just live that out, right? Mm. And sometimes we then hurt others and, we, and they, we take it on and we feel betrayed, but actually it's got nothing to do with us. It's just what they were living out. I think, you know, we are created in a way where we will take it personally. So again, if that was framed around, be aware that it isn't personal, yeah. that, that that's healthier. And notice when you do take it personally and notice how much you start to suffer, suffer when you do yeah. and how delusional it is, right? Yeah. So do you know what I think a common thing that we take personally is the fear that we've been left out? Yes. And I think we see that a lot on social media is yes. that, you know, people post photos going, oh, I was hanging out with this person, I was hanging out with that yes. person. Yes. And, you know, people can be really triggered by that mm. because they're like, well, how come I wasn't invited? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm never go to anything fun. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And they don't like me because they didn't include me. Yeah, yeah. That is such a common thing. I know I've done it and mm-hmm. I would say probably I'm like, Let's, let's be honest here. I would say nearly everybody has had those Absolutely, thoughts. Absolutely, because going, we are so vulnerable to that, right? To feeling yeah. excluded. Yeah. Yeah. And then we take it personally yeah. and think, I've done something wrong or yeah. I've done something and they don't like me. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I really love, I mean, Christine Neff has done a lot of research around self-compassion and, you know, in, in Buddhism, it's also seen as, you know, feelings, we all have the same ones from Mother Teresa to Hitler, right? And they all visit us. So that when we're talking about this now, we all know it because it's not personal, Yeah, right? Yeah. If it were personal, I'd go, really? What? That's yeah. so unusual. But we know it because it's a shared human experience as everything is. And so then, you know, if we kind of hook onto that and going, uh, wow, so that feeling is, is visiting me now. Then we go, ah, oh, because it's a shared feeling. It's part of being human. Humans have this feeling and I am human. Therefore, I'm vulnerable to this. Therefore, this is ex- coming into my system and being experienced now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't take things personally. I think sometimes we may take things personally based on things that we've learned again like you know being pickable with you where we're just talking about things the way that we've been socialized and how we've been taught by our parents and society growing up Mm. so for example I was witnessing two women um, in a group of women just having a conversation about things they wanted in their life Mm -hmm. and one woman was saying oh I really want to go on a cruise I've always wanted to go on a cruise Mm -hmm. and the other woman said to her that's really selfish. Really? Oh, That's oh. really selfish. You wanting right. to go on a cruise. Oh, right. like, how could you even want that? Right. And I was stunned mm. by that. And you could see the first woman who wanted to go on the cruise, you could see her start to shrink mm. because the second woman, based on her life experiences, had created real judgment yes. around that. Yeah. And it was very hard for that first person, the um, woman who wanted to go on the cruise, like she could see her taking that personally, starting to mm. take that on. Like, mm. oh, am I being selfish? Am I a bad mm. person because I want to go on a cruise? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's actually okay. It's not about you. It's about this other woman and her life experience. And she's just yes. putting her judgment onto you. Yes. But then the big challenge is how do we kind of buff ourselves from that, isn't it? So when it comes our way, particularly in those relationships where we might have experienced some abuse, you know, so how do you get into really holding yourself with tenderness and compassion and strength so that it doesn't seep in? I think that's incredibly challenging, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So again, I kind of think 
it's a great ideal to go, don't take anything personally. Yeah. But again, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a very important insight, but I think it could also be kind of expressed a little bit more uh, because, you know, he starts the book by really talking about what we call the non-dual, the fact that we are all one, that we are all the same. So another thing that kind of informs this thing, don't take it personally, is that, no, we are all the same. We're just kind of, we have a, a program downloaded so we see differences rather than sameness, right? So there's actually a kind of a deeper level to not taking it personally, which is that actually we're missing the fact that we are of the same matter. So if someone came to you for a session with you and either they identified or you did that they take a lot of stuff personally, whether that's criticism or, you know, the fear of being left out, whatever that looks like. Yeah. What would be something you would say to them about how to change that? Change that thinking because it's changing a mindset. Yeah. There's always a context, isn't there, to something like that? But it could be about, you know, a victim identification. It could be about a vulnerability. It could be about feeling not good enough that has sponsors a a particular vulnerability to this. So the whole thing of holding themselves in in self-compassion around, oh, and then also informing it around, yeah, so this is what we humans do, like normalizing it, right? Going, oh, yeah, so do I. We all do. Oh, and that helps already, I think. And I think that that's the reason why it's tough is that it can be really hard to have self-compassion. Yeah. That's, as you know, that's why I love the dear body because it sort of gets the self-compassion in the back door, you know, just putting the hand over the heart and just going dear body. It's so easy to do because we're kind of just appreciating this dear body, but in that we're bringing self-compassion to the system. Yeah. Yeah. Self-compassion and inner strength. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. Okay, let's look at the third agreement. Don't make assumptions. And so the author says, find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness and drama. With this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Oh, there's so much to say about that. (laughs) First of all, we need assumptions because they're kind of agreements. Like, you know, we needed to agree that we were going to meet here at 3.30, right? Yeah. So there are many assumptions that we kind of need to have. And you don't want to ask three times, are you coming? Are you coming? That's right. Or or assume that I'm not. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So we need – so there's a healthy version of this, right? And then, you know, challenging assumptions is kind of the foundation of adult education. So endlessly asking, well, what does that actually mean? Is that really a truth? So that undoing of that program, downloaded program, that's what that is, right? And making an assumption is really a bit of a shortcut, isn't it? Well, we live kind of tethered uh, to um, assumptions. They are the framework, the skeleton of our lives. Everything, right? We function in assumptions. We assume the sun's going to rise in the morning. Of course we do. That's what we, you know, and then we might assume people are going to be nice to us. We might assume they're going to believe what we say. We might assume, you know, we might we assume, you know, bigger cultural things that you know if um, that there's such a thing as fairness, for instance. We assume that you know if 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 we get news in from researchers, then it'll be true. There's lots and lots and lots and lots of things which we have our 
deeper uh, assumptions, our beliefs about ourselves that, you know, that I'm not good enough or that, you know, I'm a bit much to this, too much of that or whatever, we have, or that, you know, um, that I'm likely to fail or that I'm likely to succeed or that success is dangerous what, or that men can't be trusted, whatever it is. They're all assumptions. They're all yeah. beliefs. So do I, yes, absolutely. You know, it's an ongoing journey. But we can't not assume because that's all we've got, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so I guess then it's when we make assumptions possibly about what other people are thinking or feeling yes. that that causes the suffering. Right. Because as little humans and we have a tendency to veer towards the negative, mm-hmm. which I saw a really good TED talk about that. I was, it was a researcher who actually did some experiments and research around that. And she said that we are actually biologically yes. programmed to be towards negative thinking. That's right, the yeah. negative bias. And that's just because, yeah. you know, it's more important that we watch out for the danger than we remember the nice yes. thing. Yeah. Yes, and so it's when we make assumptions around what other people are thinking or feeling mm-hmm. that that can cause suffering for us. Because yeah. we view towards the negative and we think that they're possibly making assumptions that they're thinking badly of us right. or others or they're behaving in a way that's not in the best interests of people or, you know, friends, mm. family, society. Yeah. In which case it kind of links into the previous one around don't take it personally, right? Yeah. Don't assume. Um, yeah. I would think it's more useful if we go be endlessly curious. Yeah. Be curious about what you think you know. Any any sort of assumption you throw out there, like we have a little group called the Ponderers where we just take different topics up and, you know, one day it was growth. One day it was freedom of speech. And when we leave more confused than when we get there, we know we've succeeded, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it is about challenging all these things we think we know, which is our assumptions. Yeah. So it's an ongoing journey, I think. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to read a little example from the book that I, I kind of thought it was a good little example of what the author was talking about. Mm-hmm. He says, you're walking in the mall and you see a person you like. That person tends to you and smiles and then walks away. You can make a lot of assumptions just because of this one experience. With these assumptions, you can create a whole fantasy and you really want to believe this fantasy and make it real. A whole dream begins to form just from your assumptions and you can believe, oh, this person really likes me. In your mind, a whole relationship begins from that. Maybe you even get married in this fantasy land, but the fantasy is in your mind in your personal dream. Do you do that kind of thing? If I see, if so, if I see somebody who, uh, you know, and they smile at me, I go, I usually make the assumption, oh, that's a nice and good person. Hmm. Right. I would think that. Right. But interestingly, I was um, reading further into that yesterday and you can also flip it and go, well, if you've got that negative bias, mm-hmm. that person smiled at me, but they didn't come over and talk to me. Right. And that maybe they don't like me. Right. Maybe they were laughing at me or maybe, something. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just how you look at it, I guess, mm. which I think is why he says don't make assumptions. It's kind of simplistic, but I read that and I'm like, okay, that kind of spells it out what he's thinking in a bit of a simple way. Yeah. And of course, you know, another way to say that is just, you know, really watch unhealthy thinking. Yeah. Watch what your thinking does to your body. And when the body kind of contracts, then going, whoa, 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 I need to breathe now and let that go. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's just different ways of saying a similar thing. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the fourth and final agreement, always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstances, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse and regret. 
I like that. Do you? Yeah, I so do. Explain. I do like it because I like. I feel as though he gives a bit of an out. Okay. That's what I like about it. I'm yeah. like, okay, do you know what? Sometimes we have our period and we're hot and sweaty at a yes. restaurant. And, and we're we going to say horrible things. And, we- <laughs> 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 and sometimes our best is just going to be here. It's right. not going to be that high. <laughs> right. And that's okay. <laughs> That's how I read that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I read it like that. We do our best and sometimes, you know, what, our best may not be very much, but it's something. Right. Yeah. So I kind of read it like that, like I had a bit of an out. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I just totally got confused. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I really don't know what the best means. Yeah. Talk about challenging assumptions, right? I don't know what it means. What is my best? I mean, I had a day away the other day and I thought, am I doing my best right now? Is this my best? I had to go and do something practical, right? And I had a pleasant conversation. I thought, is that my best? What, what does that mean? And then I thought, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Because in one way, I think it comes back for me to go, I can be like a normal kind person yeah. when I have slept and when I have done those basics that we talked about before. Yeah. So for me to be my best, that is to get the basics in order so that I can show up as a decent person. Yeah. And, 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 and if that's that, yes. Yeah. But I don't know any other than that. And I'm really open if someone will explain it. <laughs> but I like your idea of, you know, it's kind of good enough. Anyway. Yeah, I, I take that as an out. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You can, you know what, you can be impeccable with your word. But, you know, if you're having a bit of a crap day, <laughs> it may not be as impeccable as other days. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go. Yeah, because we never can be our best. You know, we're going to be triggered. We're going to be tired. We're going to be, you know, not in a bright, sparkly mood um, yeah. all the time, right? That's just and, – and there's nothing we, – we, we can't operate yeah. at that level, yeah. right? But sometimes when we are not in a bright, sparkly mood all the time and we're observing ourselves, I know I can be quite hard on myself. Mm. Going, Come on. Mm. Like I wake up at 5 o'clock this morning. Um, somebody's holding a fundraiser for us that started at 6 in the morning, I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. And I got there and I was so just like groggy, early mm-hmm. morning groggy. Mm-hmm. And I was standing there and and some of the people that are fundraising, they were talking to me. And I was literally like, <laughs> I'm just trying to string two words together right now. <laughs> and then I found myself kind of zoning out a couple of times. And I'm like, come on, get your sparkly self on. Yeah, yeah. The internal dialogue. Yeah, you yeah. should be out. Yeah, these people are fundraising for you. Right, right. You know, so I was like, okay, I need to switch it up a gear. I yes. need to bring out the sparkly yes. self. Yes. Yeah. And then sometimes we can up it a little, right, depending yeah. on the context. But I think it's, it's, it's also problematic that you know, that expectation and that harshness sometimes when actually, you know, we're really tired or whatever. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's yeah. a time for both, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the good thing is, is that the fundraiser is finishing in about two hours, actually in about an hour, and right. I get to go back and be ah, my sparkly self da, again. Da, 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 your afternoon self. And I get to <laughs> be my afternoon does. Mel. It's way better than morning Mel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Okay, the four agreements. Mm. Well, I still think that for me, there's some things for me to strive for with each of those but I do love Charlotta that you're a little bit like okay don't take it all so seriously yeah because I do feel that he's sort of got his finger raised a little bit and say do this you do that and first of all I, I don't think that they are the, the is it is the term be and 
and BNB all or something like that. What's the terminology? You know, like it's kind of that, that it's the alpha omega. The be all and end all. Yes, that's yes. the terminology. Yeah. I don't think they are. Yeah. I mean, I would... I would more go into, you know, the, the Buddhist pr- um, principles. Uh, I think they're sounder. Um, and I and like I said, I'll also go back to, I mean, I sort of, you know, prompted by your idea. So I thought, I, just, I thought, you know, I would have seven commitments. And I would say, aim for these because they will calm your, yourself down, but they'll also open you up to that freedom. Um, and I think they start with the body and they start for the, to the ongoing journey of being curious, of connecting with, you know, self-compassion. In challenging all your assumptions and beliefs, I think that's really important that he that he also mentions. And there's also practicing humility and appreciation, which isn't really mentioned. And I think you know they are profound practices. And so is just kindness with with others um, and and seeing others with that lovely grace. Um, and no, you can only change yourself. That's also useful. <laughs> you know, kind of that 100% accountability. Um, and also, I really love, Joseph Campbell says, you know, follow your bliss. We don't know anything about any purpose. We have, don't come with a download of what we, you know, what this is all about. But we do have a guide. We have a guide that where our heart opens and softens and we feel that, ah, oh, yes, that that's what we should follow. So I think that that's another lovely kind of principle to go trust that and allow yourself to move in that direction. Well, thank you, Soul Sister. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for prompting me to think and be and oh, share this. Oh, do you know this. what? And I love that you have come and been part of this and talking about those four agreements because I know that you really do read far and wide and you have always have a different challenging beyond things which is awesome that's what that's what we need no no but i go it's it's great that's what we need oh we do yeah. we need all different people's viewpoints right yeah absolutely. Um, everyone will give a different angle to it yes absolutely thank so, you yes yeah, thank, thank you, you my friend me. and thank you for coming on and sharing that with us my pleasure thanks for listening to hey soul sister with mel histon what would help you on your crazy life journey email melissa at the sisterco.com.